My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm super excited for this conversation today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely excited to be here and, uh, you know, open to see where the conversation goes and enlighten some minds. Yes, I'm so excited. So for everyone listening, Elizabeth April is a gifted thought leader of many titles, including clairvoyant, truth seeker, intuitive psychic, paradigm shifter, and a best selling author. So that's a lot, a lot in that intro. I I'm so excited for this convo. We don't really, I guess I have had many guests before that have come in that have psychic abilities that have, um, clairvoyant, you know, abilities. And I'd love to dive into just like how cool this gift is. And, and when, when you first started feeling like there was something slightly different about you and, and, and I just love to know that story. I'm so interested in this kind of stuff. And maybe just to start this podcast off, tell me a bit about you and how you got into this work. And when, like I mentioned, like when you realized that there was something different about you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I just turned 30. Uh, thank goodness Ooh. I'm over Saturn return. Um, and uh, actually my parents said that they noticed I was a little bit different when I was around the age of two. I do have an older brother by a year. So um, they told me that I was just kind of talking, babbling away, you know, talking to things that weren't weren't there, they couldn't see. Um, and and so they noticed it back then. Um, growing up, I was able to tap into spirits and ghosts and, you know, auras and chakras and, and really just kind of the general empathic stuff of feeling everyone's energy all the time to the point where I would have panic attacks um, going out to public restaurants and they thought maybe in reaction to the food, maybe it was, um, you know, anxiety just wasn't really talked about in the 90s, right? So um, no one really thought about it. And uh, and so that's kind of where things got started. I was definitely the weird kid growing up. I had a lot of imaginary friends. I was raised Catholic, so I was talking to God all the time. Uh, At six, I actually went to my dad and said, hey, dad, you know, I've been talking to God and, you know, the the Bible has it wrong. And my dad said, oh, well, uh, tell me about it. You know, what what is the Bible saying that's wrong? And I said, well, you know, the church and, and the Bible say that God is a man, but I've been talking to God and God's actually a woman. And I love it because like the audacity that I had to say that the entire religion was wrong based on my one experience. And now I understand that I was talking to a spirit guide who was actually a Pleiadian woman back back then. And, you know, the church taught us that if you're talking to things that other people can't see, it's either demons or God. And I knew that demons were bad. And whoever I was talking to was really good and always made me laugh and smile and, and you know, heartfelt things. So I knew I was talking to God, wink, wink, um, but it wasn't the God in the Bibles, which honestly, it says so much about 
you know, our ancient history. Who was God? Who was Jesus? Who were the angels that came down from the sky? You know, I, I really do believe that we're really missing that kind of extraterrestrial force within that. Um, and as a kid, I got confused too, because what I was experiencing does, did not match with the rhetoric that I was being taught in church. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. At the age of 10, I shut down all of my psychic abilities very consciously. I wanted to fit in. I wanted more friends. I no longer wanted to be the weird kid in school. So I actually uh, observed my class and said, well, what are all the popular kids doing? And, and, and how do I do that? And they were all in sports. So I'm like, cool, I'll just join all the sports. And that's what I did. So talk about going from very metaphysical to very physical. And, uh, and I, and, and I went into it and I was pretty good at whatever I tried and I made a lot of friends. Um, however, I lost my touch with that kind of, you know, etheric world. I lost touch with my own soul and I lost touch with my purpose as well. So at 14, 15, 16, I went into a deep depression, tons of anxiety, just random panic attacks, feeling like, there's got to be more than this. And I even remember asking my friends in high school, like, have you ever really questioned things? Like, what are we doing here? What's the purpose? Like, what's the meaning of all of this? And uh, and I even remember going to the authority figures in my life. I went to school counselors. I went to my friend's parents. I went to even a priest, a psychologist. All right, cool. You're the guy in charge, right? He's usually a man. You're the guy, right? So what is this? What's the point? What, why are we here? And every single time I was just met with blank stares and disappointing answers. Even the priest couldn't really answer and quench my thirst for curiosity and knowledge. So um, that kind of spiraled into more depression because I felt even more weird and more of an outcast and more lonely. Um, and then it was my dad, oddly enough, who was an engineer at at the time, he was the one who was Catholic, and yet he actually studied past life regression when he was doing engineering in university. And at 16, he asked me, do you want to try past life regression? Maybe this is going to help. And I said, I don't know what that is. I don't know what to expect, but at this point, I'll do anything. I'll try anything. And so in about an hour and a half, uh, at 16, we went into about five different lifetimes Lifetimes where I was in different countries, different genders, different cultures, different languages. But in each of these lifetimes, I always had access to this information outside of my, my body. And I would bring that information through, whether it be a prophet or a shaman or a healer. And I would uh, deliver that information and, and help people with it. And at 16, I knew that that was my purpose in this lifetime. Um, so about two years later, I ended up uh, taking my dad's past life regression notebook and, and his notes in it, and I copied all his information into my own notebook. And when I went away to university at 18, that's how I made friends. I, it was kind of like a party trick. Hey, do you believe in reincarnation? Do you want to see something cool? Let me regress you. And, and I would start regressing these kids in my Wait, What does this mean? What does regress mean? Like, is it hypnotherapy? Like, how do you, I, let, let's explain that because I don't even know what it is. Yeah, totally. So past life regression or any sort of regression is like hypnotherapy. So you take someone into a trance-like state, but what's really cool about it is they're very consciously aware of everything they went into. It's kind of like waking up from a dream and 
really remembering the dream vividly. So um, so you're not kind of taking them out and they have no control over things. Um, you're just kind of putting them into a very deep, relaxed state, kind of like a meditative state yeah. that you guide them into. And then you kind of go on this journey and you take them to a significant past lifetime or a really funny moment in a past life or a traumatic moment in a past life. Um, and, and that's how I started making friends. And at that time, I started to bring back all of my spiritual gifts and ability, remote viewing, astral traveling, lucid dreaming, telepathy, em empathy, you know, and, and all of these different clairvoyant type abilities. Um, I started to also realize that not everyone was able to be regressed. And I realized that, you know, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how an hour and a half of relaxing techniques, they still weren't able to get to that place that I felt like I could get to very easily. So I asked myself this question, what would happen if I regressed myself and went into their Akashic records, went into their information. And that was essentially the process of channeling. That's how I basically went into channeling. And it worked uh, every time. And it was very clear visuals of different past lifetimes and lessons and how the person died and what they learned, what they regretted. And, and it was so cool to see how all of that links in with their current lifetime and their current path and their current karma and lessons and whatnot. Um, so I did all of that. And then uh, just a couple of months after diving in and opening this huge door again, uh, I went away to a 10-day silent meditation retreat called Vipassana because this is a practice that I did as a man in Burma um, back in a past life. So I'm like, cool, there's a center right down the street. This is what I want to go do. And on the second night of this silent meditation retreat, I ended up getting abducted very physically by extraterrestrial beings right from my bed. Now, how ironic is it that we are at this meditation retreat in the middle of absolutely nowhere in the forest? It's a silent meditation retreat. So I can't even go to the leaders of this retreat and say, yo, something really freaky happened last night. And, and has anyone else experienced it? I, I couldn't even speak up about it. Um, but, okay, it was a very scary experience. Oh my God. Okay, oh, no. we're going to get into that. But I, okay, continue. Oh, I cannot wait to ask about this, but yeah. <laughs> and so essentially... After that, I, I stayed the rest of the retreat. So that was on the second night of the 10 days. I stayed the rest of the retreat. And uh, and after that, um, it just opened this whole can of worms of, okay, cool. Akashic Records, reincarnation, past lives, simultaneous time. I can get all of that. Remote viewing, I can get that. But I never before th even thought about aliens, let alone wanted to have an experience with them. Um, so this opened up a huge other can of worms for me. Oh my God, not only are they real, but they're here and they're interacting with us. So why? What is their purpose? Why are they interacting with us? Who are human beings? You know, all of these questions got, you know, brought up. And then I started to think to myself, well, if aliens exist and if humans are really just souls incarnated into a temporary body, then have we been aliens before as well? So I started doing past life regressions off planet and understanding all of their lessons and their karma and the way that all of that works. And then I was introduced to the Galactic Federation of Light, which is an organization who basically helps unity in the universe. 
And yeah, so that was 18, 19 years old. I'm 30 now. It's been 10 plus years of, of deep diving, unpacking, discovering, and, and putting at least some of this information out to the public to, to kind of help their awareness uh, into the grand scheme of all of this. This is crazy. What an incredible life you've lived so far. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, I, I'm so glad that you are just sharing to the world this experience that you've had, because I'm sure a lot of people listening right now, well, if they're listening to this, they're very open to learning new information. And I think it's so cool to learn about so many different people's life experiences. I'd love to dive into a little bit more of what it was like during that silent retreat. Like, how did you know that it was what was happening in real life? Like how, how did you distinct distinctly know that this wasn't just like a vivid dream? Like what did they look like? What did they feel like? What was, what were some signs they left behind after? Like, I'd love to know why did they try to abduct you and why didn't it work? Why, like what, <laughs> what, like I have so many questions because I'm very interested in this kind of stuff. I, I find it fascinating. So please, if, if you'd like to share more about this, I think everyone listening is just eating popcorn on their seat right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the first thing is, was, it was very vivid. So it was around 3am. I know this because after I was put back into my body, um, you weren't supposed to have cell phones, but I brought my cell phone. I'm glad that I did. I turned it on and it was about 3.30. So the whole experience was about maybe 20, 30 minutes. Um, and so I woke up in the middle of the night. This, this is the second night there. So, um, you know, I, so I woke up and I saw this giant head, uh, you know, kind of like leaning over me, like over top of me. And I immediately thought that it was my boyfriend at the time because um, that's, you know, we'd sleep together or whatever. And so I, I literally said out loud, I'm like, Cody, like, is that you? Was he with you at the retreat? No, he wasn't. No. And all the women were separated, but because yeah. it was the second night, yeah. you know how you wake up in a new yeah, place yeah, 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 and yeah. you don't, yeah. you forget that you're actually somewhere else. But it was odd, right? It was like, what, who, what, who is this? Right. And so then in the next moment, I was being taken from my bed and I was being uh, brought out of the room that I was in and it was so vivid. So, um, Did you I, feel so, their arms on you. Like, so I didn't. Right. So they must have done something to paralyze me. That's what it felt like. So I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel them on me, but I could see everything. My eyes were open and I could look around so vividly. And so I slept naked, but I had my feet were cold. So I put two pink socks on my feet right before I went to bed. And as they were taking me out, so there was three of them. There was one on my left arm. There was one on my left leg, ankle, and there was one on my right arm. And I specifically remember looking down at my body and seeing my right foot dangling and that it had one pink sock on. And I literally thought to myself, oh, the other pink sock must have fallen off in the middle of the night. Like that, it was so vivid. And so they took me out to the hall, which is like, it was just a room and then the hallway. And then the only part that I don't recall, and I have no, no idea how they do this. So they took me to the hall and then all of a sudden we were just up on the ship. Like it, it was like kind of like a beam me up Scotty, but you would think that if we were being beamed up, I would be able to look around and see myself floating from the building. It was like one minute we were there and the next we were up on the ship. Uh, they put me into a chair. It was like a metal chair. 
And it was a smaller room and it was like kind of looked like an interrogation room because it was pretty dimly lit, but there was like a light over top of me. And this is when I got a really good look at them. There was about five or six of them standing in front of me. They like they were all just observing things. Um, they were around, I would say six and a half, seven feet tall, super, super pale, like to the point where you could almost see through their skin, like a papery thin, they were really actually quite gross looking, but that's to our human standards. Um, they had a humanoid body. So two arms, two legs. I want to say they had about four fingers, maybe five, but everything was stretched out. Like everything was elongated. I didn't really notice them wearing clothes. Maybe they had some sort of something on them, but I just, just noticed their whole bodies were pale white. So if they had clothes, they were probably transparent as well. And then their heads were quite large, but not like a typical gray alien head. Yeah. Um, More shaped, uh, very small eyes, which was interesting. Mm. And not really any major defined facial features. And I remember that they had hair, but it was like kind of gross, like thin, scraggly white hair that was kind of patchy, like not very good looking creatures. And then I could see in my periphery. So I'm sitting in this chair. They're all standing, just watching me. I was in so much fear that I didn't even think like try and communicate with them. Like what the fuck, you know? And, uh, and so to the right side of me, there was this metal box and coming out of the metal box was this circular metal cylinder. And then standing beside the metal box was this um, other being who looked the same. And I felt like he was kind of like a doctor. He was like doing this procedure. And then coming out of this metal box, I could just see it in my periphery that this, this cylinder thing was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I couldn't feel anything, but I knew it was going into my ear. Like it got so small and I knew it was going into my ear. And I'm like, what are they doing? And just like that, just as quickly as it started, it was over and we beamed back into the room. They put me back into my bed and they were gone. And I just remember having my, keeping my eyes closed, like kind of like a burglary vibe of yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to wake up and, and, and if they're still around, I'm not sure. And so immediately, you know, I, I peeked my eye open, nothing was there. No one was around. I turned on my phone. It was like 3.35 in the morning. And I started just looking up abductions in in the location that I was in. Nothing came up, of course. Google had had nothing for me just to kind of validate that. But then when I went over to my right ear, it was bleeding. So there was a drop of blood coming from my right ear. And for me, I know it gets me chills. Oh my God, I have goosebumps. This whole story, I have goosebumps. This is insane. Yeah. And and that was the proof. Like that was something tangible that I had that validated the experience other than how vivid it was, how visual it was. Now, the next day I ended up stealing a, they didn't really have like steak knives. I ended up stealing a butter knife from the kitchen and I slept with it under my pillow. And I thought to myself, if they come back, at least I have something to get them with. And I didn't want to like hurt them, but I was like, if I could maybe just like cut them and get some like green alien blood or something like that, that would be, that would be the kicker. That would be the validation that I'm looking for. Of course, they never came back. I went through the rest of the retreat. It was an amazing retreat. Um, and then what it was the after socks? that where I started to. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you. I just quickly, what about the pink socks? Did you have both of your socks on when you woke up? Nope. Just one, just one. The other pink sock was just in my bed. So yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Wow. Um, sorry. What were you going to say? This is really crazy. Cool. Elizabeth, like, are you traumatized by the experience? And now looking back, having all these years reminiscing on that crazy wild experience, do you now understand what they were trying to do to you? What, what, what did they put in your ear? Were they good or bad? What was the intention? Like I have so many questions and I'm sure you did of course, for so long after that. Absolutely. So a couple of things, um, without going into to all the details, I I realized, like, I was really, I, I guess, traumatized, worried, in fear for a while after that of, like, you just feel violated. Like, you just feel like you have yeah. no control. These are higher, more intelligent beings. Okay, okay, are we good? Yeah, I think so. I'm. You know what? I'm not surprised. I, I was about to say. I was like, <laughs> you know what is so, this doesn't ever happen? And right when we're talking about weird, like crazy stuff. Wow. Well, we're still recording. So for the audience, we just had like a good, like three, four minutes of just not being able to connect. We're on zoom right now. That's so weird. (laughs) You know, it, it, it does. It happens often, especially when the energy gets to a certain, certain vibration. I'm like, radiating right now. Like my, my energy <laughs> is like off the charts, even just hearing this type of stuff. Uh, it's so, so, so yeah, I guess, you know, the, the, the aftermath of all of this, um, just to reiterate, you know, I realized that I needed to have that negative experience with extraterrestrials to have compassion around other humans who have very negative experiences. So just to kind of have a well-rounded approach to ET life. Um, And then what else happened? Um, So the reason why like they chose me that night. So there's kind of one level of this that um, I contracted that experience for a reason to understand that they are real and they exist and that they're here Um, And then the other part of it was um, what a psychic told me later on was that um, they basically looked down from their ship and they saw this really bright light and they were very curious as to why a human's vibration was like that. So they abducted me and they put a tracking device in my ear, um, which is so interesting because when I went to this psychic, I said, can you just, she was a psychic medium or a, uh, what is it? A medical medium. And I said, can you just scan my energy and tell me what's going on? Cause I feel really weird. And this was about two or three weeks after the abduction. And she said, uh, oh yeah, you've got an implant in your ear. And I said, what? And she's like, yeah, it looks like some sort of ET race put a, put an implant in your right ear. And I'm, I was like, just mind blown because she didn't know what happened. And she said, it looks like you were chosen because they were curious about your vibration and they've been monitoring your vibration and activities since this happened. And, you know, I would astral travel and meditate and and get into deep states of trance. And I felt so uncomfortable doing any of my, my usual, you know, spiritual activities after the abduction, because I, I had a fear that if I left my body, maybe they would, maybe their body snatchers, I didn't know what their intention was, maybe they were gonna, you know, steal my body. So I didn't do my usual thing. 
things because of that fear. And to be honest, I felt like I was being watched for about three weeks, you know, before I went to go see the medical medium. I really felt like they were watching, watching me. It was so bizarre. And uh, the medical medium was able to, what she called it was disengage the uh, device that was in my ear so that it was no longer connected to my aura. And she said, it's made of organic material. So it should kind of just melt. And uh, for about, you know, eight months after she did that, I had the weirdest um, drainage, <laughs> it sounds gross, but drainage coming from my right ear, um, which I took as a sign of like, whatever she did worked, but I knew that how I felt was was so much better. I didn't feel like I was being watched anymore the second I went to go see her and 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 left her her office. So um yeah, so that's that was kind of like the reason behind it, my experience after it. And of course it did open that door for me um for for everything alien and inter, interdimensional. That's incredible. Like how cool is that that this uh, medical medium knew about the ear thing. And this was before you told her. Yeah. Yeah. I went there and I just said, look, something's wrong. I don't know what's going on. Please just scan me or do your thing. I didn't even know what she did. And, uh, and and please help me. And she immediately saw it uh, in my right ear. And she told me that it was some sort of implant from some high, higher, higher being, you know, and I'm like, what, this is crazy. So. And so does that, did that give you a fear to not go so deep in your meditations and spiritual practice afterwards? Or you were at, you kind of got to a point where you felt confident that if you were faced with another situation like this, you would know what to do. That's a great question. Yeah, I didn't, you know, uh, once the chip was removed, um, I dove right back into things. Um, It was shortly after that, where I was introduced to other beings who were, you know, my spirit guides and higher vibrational beings um, that were all full of unconditional love. And I was able to, for the first time, understand that, you know, the beings who abducted me were not great beings. They weren't of love and light. And and the beings that I'm now communicating with are are of this higher vibration. And, uh, And that really gave me hope that I can open myself up. I can explore all of the questions that I have coming from this, and I'm going to be safe doing so. And I always find, whether it be in life or in spirituality, when we go through challenging times and and uncertainties, we really just learn from them and we become stronger and we're even more capable of moving forward um, after those situations. So by no means did it stop me. As a matter of fact, it uh, it really pushed me forward on my journey. That's beautiful and such a a great example of you create your life, you know, you, your experiences are one thing, but how you react and to those experiences really creates the, the destiny for you. That's, that's very cool. And was that the craziest encounter you've ever had with something not human or like, have you ever had other crazy encounters like this? I just feel like you have the coolest stories and I could just listen to you forever. (laughs) Oh, it's been, it's been pretty nonstop, like ever (laughs) since then, Um, not just with interdimensionals, but with weird glitches in the matrix and you name it. Like, it's so funny. I just told my wife the other day, I was like, 
I swear one week in, in my life, like one experience in one week in my life is like the experience that one person has, you know, it's like this mind blowing thing, but it's like, for me, it's just like another day in the life, you know, it's, it's quite bizarre, you know? So is your wife also clairvoyant or psychic or in tune at all? Um, well, I met her and she was actually a client of mine. So she was, uh, she was the, she solicited my psychic services um, back uh-huh. in the day. And through tapping into her energy, I started to see and have all these flashbacks of past lifetimes that we've had together. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. I, first of all, I'd never been with a woman before I met her. So that was all new. <laughs> I'm like, there's no, no way. <laughs> I've never even kissed a woman before. So this is bizarre. Um, Not to mention, I was engaged to get married to a man at the time that I, you know, had her as a client and had these past life flashbacks. So that was a whole journey in and of itself. And of course, we've been happily married for two years together for four now. Um, But yeah, I changed my you know, moved from Canada, went to California, changed my country, changed my business, changed my sexuality, changed, you know, left my fiance, you know, to, to follow that, you know, to follow that, that truth. Wait, this is, this is so cool. So how old were you when you guys, I guess you were in your mid twenties. Yeah. Like 26, maybe 25. And you had never had an inkling that you literally now granted you know I'm I've always been a tomboy riding motorcycles wearing backwards hats and you know chilling with the boys in the gym like that's naturally who I am but I've I I wasn't even the type of of person to get drunk at a club and make out with my best friend like I just wouldn't do it you know like it's just that just wasn't there you know um so that was very new to me and it's been quite amazing ever since, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been quite a journey just personally, professionally, spiritually, um, navigating all of these really intense energies and then being at a place now where I can motivate people through these challenging times to follow their highest intention and to follow that resonance, uh, no matter if it means making some really difficult decisions. Mm -hmm. that I just it's it's so interesting to me when people see the world differently right and and you always talk about from the work that I've seen of yours the matrix and and what it is and how you can break through it when I hear the words the matrix I think about the movie I would love for you and by the way I think our connection is back to normal since we're not talking about aliens anymore so feel free to put your video back on (laughs) Oh, yeah, there. Um, hey, <laughs> so I would love to talk about this because I'm sure a lot of people listening right now interested in this kind of work doesn't really understand it yet, wants to learn more. In your words, what is the matrix? And is it like the movie? And why do we want to break through it? What is the benefit of that? Is it like the blue pill, red pill thing? Like, let's talk about this. Yeah, great question. Okay. So in there's so many different ways to explain the matrix. There's another word that I like to use with it, which is like 3D. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's another word that I like to use with it, which is old earth. So essentially the matrix in my perspective, anyway, in my definition is 
the world and reality that we've been told is the truth uh, or exists around us. So it's like, you know, you, you go get your nine to five job, uh, you settle down and get married, you get into a bunch of debt, you know, and you move forward. And, uh, and so it, it's essentially what we've been taught, what we've been programmed to believe is real. And it doesn't mean that this physical world around us is not real. Uh, it just means that there's there's a whole other world, right? So when I started to wake up to things, I'm like, WTF, there is a whole world inside a world that no one is talking about. Like, it just blew my mind. And I felt like I needed to yell it from the rooftops that there's energy, there's consciousness, there's third eye, there's, you know, there's spirit guides, there's soul contracts, there's lessons and karma and patterns and reincarnation and simultaneous time and aliens. Holy shit. No one's talking about this. And it blew me away that no one was talking about it. And everyone was just going about their, their simple matrix 3d reality. Um, so the way to get out of the matrix, the way to move forward into a higher state of vibration or a higher state of awareness is it's so simple. It's so simple but we just don't do it. And we're never taught to do it, which is to question. As long as you are questioning things, you will be able to see different perspectives. But if you just accept what you were taught and educated and indoctrinated to believe as the truth, as, as this reality, then you're stuck in that matrix. You're stuck in that one dimension. Um, so that's it. Who am I? Why am I here? What are we all doing here? What is the grand purpose of life? And how do I move forward aligned to this purpose? You know, and, and when we start to question, it starts to break down the illusion of the reality that we thought was the truth around us. And then I would say the next big step for anyone who's like, okay, I've questioned that. Now what? You, the second big step is the willingness to change. Yeah, cool. You've questioned. And one of the biggest questions I always find is, am I happy? So what, what a big, impactful question. And it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm really happy. And you're like convincing yourself and others that you're happy. You're, you're posting all the beautiful social media photos, but you're not happy. You don't even know what happiness is. So when we start asking that question, you have a choice to make. Do you continue to believe in the illusion and feed into the matrix, right? Red pill, blue pill. Or do you decide I'm not happy? My life isn't aligned to my soul, my purpose, my mission, and I'm ready for something more. And when you begin to ask and make that statement, I'm ready for something more, you have to have the willingness to change. Change your life, change your job, change your living situation, change how you pay your bills, change how you look at the world, change everything you've ever been taught to believe. So as long as you're questioning and you're willing to change, you're making it into that new earth frequency. You're making it into higher vibrational realms. Um, and, and that's it. That's really the equation for uh, true happiness, true alignment, true fulfillment. And that means at a spiritual energetic level, but it also means at a physical, material, financial, uh, familial level as well. You can have it all. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I love that. That's something I say all the time, by the way. You can have it all. That's a big principle of mine and a belief that 
I had to ingrain into me because from childhood, everyone tells you, society tells you, your parents tell you, you can't have everything you want. Life's not fair. You can't have it all. And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I don't want that to be my reality. And it's so funny because I was on a podcast recently and um, the host gave me a bit of slack. She was like, you really think you can have it all? Like, well, what about this? What about that? I'm like, no, I really think you can have it all. And some people get triggered by that. And I was just like, no, that's my belief. Um, I love how you say that. And I, I totally align with that. And I feel like since doing more of this work as all personal development, um, I'm definitely into spirituality, but my work has mostly been more just like, you know, basic, like uh, align your energy with what you desire and that will become your life. Like the, the kind of like the bare bones of it. And I'm not sure if you've tried um, my meditations. I think Tori, my assistant, sent you a subscription. I'd love for you to try them because I think you would really like them. They they help you just raise your vibration and, and feel that way. And I think that even if anyone listening right now, like any little bit of this practice will help you. And I love that you say that question everything, question everything, question your own beliefs, question what you've been told your whole life, question it all, question why you think you can't have it all. Um, I think that's, that's so clever. So have you ever since doing this work on top of obviously the crazy cool, you know, spiritual experiences you've had, alien experiences you've had, tell me a bit about you manifesting the life of your dreams since you believe you can have it all. Like what have you created in your life and, and what do you attest to that? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I think it was once again, the, the question of, am I really happy? And even when I was 26 and I was engaged to be married, I thought it was the picture perfect relationship. It looked great on paper, but that there wasn't that real deep connection. And I was questioning it the whole time. And I wasn't being honest with myself because I thought, well, I'm 25. I should have a, a, a you know, whatever, whatever society, I still had those societal standards, right? I need to get pregnant and we got to get married and all the things. And, uh, and so ever since breaking away from that, I have, you know, changed everything when I left that relationship, I didn't have a penny to my name. Um, you know, my wife really had to support me for quite some time, even just when we were dating, which was incredible. And now I'm at a point where I've got 10 employees. Uh, me and my wife work together. She's the COO of my company. She runs the show. We have an incredible relationship. We just ended up buying two houses, uh, one in Nevada and a 10 acre property in Ontario, Canada, where I am from. And Ew, it's I'm the dream. Like I can't, I, it's like, I wake up every single day. I take a look at the people in my life. Take a look at my schedule, my freedom, um, the people that I can support, the ways that I can give back, my relationships. Uh, I take a look at everything, and I'm so grateful. Like it's like the amount of gratitude I have is incredible. And what I like to tell people, because a lot of people tell me, Elizabeth, I ask the question. Um, if I'm happy and I don't know the answer. And I always kind of use this as a, as a jumping off point. If the answer isn't an astounding yes, then it's a no. And, and if we live our life on this, because anything that has aligned to my highest vibration, I never question. 
it is so aligned that all I have for that item in my life, for that person in my life, for that opportunity or situation is gratitude. If you have gratitude, then there's no resistance. Then that is a good representation of it being aligned to the highest frequency. And hey, maybe in a year from now, it won't be aligned. But in the moment, all I have is gratitude for anything, any dynamic, any relationship, any conversation, any work situation that you're questioning, that's on your mind, that you're resisting, that you're you're worried about. It's not aligned to the highest vibration. And you don't necessarily need to know how to switch that into alignment. Let go of the how, let go of the when, let go of the where. Focus on what. Don't focus on what it is that you want. Focus on the vibration that you want to experience. Hey, you know, this person isn't aligned in my life. What do I want to see from a friend? What do I want to see from a romantic relationship? What do I want to see from a father-daughter dynamic? I want unconditional love. I want acceptance. I want safety. I want compassion. I want engaging conversations. That's what I want. That's what I want to feel. It's not making a decision of what job to choose. It's making a decision of how you want to feel when you step into that job every single day. And when we can focus on the vibration behind the things that we want, then we're really aligning and amplifying the frequency of that thing. And we manifest it much faster. A lot of people tell me, EA, I'm broke and I want more money. Okay, cool. It's not wrong of you. It's not selfish. It's not bad to ask for money. We need to be aware of this, especially in the spiritual communities. However, if you want $10,000, all I have to ask you is why? Why do you want that money? A lot of people don't have the answer for the why behind what they want. What is the why? The why behind what you want is the vibration. I want this money so that I can feel freedom, so that I don't have to work a nine to five so that I can align to my highest mission. When we focus on the follow through of what do you do once you attract the thing that you want, where does that lead you? What vibe does that bring you into? That's when you start to really manifest. That's when you start to really move forward and not just spin your wheels. So powerful. So powerful. And for everyone listening, do you feel like you have to be born to have these abilities to be so in tune with what's really out there or they can be taught? I love that. Yeah. I honestly don't even think that they need to be taught. I innately believe that each and every one of us is psychic, clairvoyant, clairaudient. We are empaths. We are old souls. We have lived before. Um, we have. I always say this. Everything that I can do, everything that I've experienced, you can experience too. There is no special. There is no born with abilities. There is none of that. There's no fifth generational psychic crap. There's none of that. We are all souls experiencing a temporary physical body, and we all have access to the energetic realms. And it's it's like, I say this all the time about astral traveling. It's not, how do I astral travel? You're probably out of your body right now. All it takes to connect with any one of these uh, non-physical etheric abilities is focus and, and concentration. And the number one greatest killer of our abilities is distraction. And the number one thing we all got in our pockets is a freaking computer. And that computer connects us with a world of distraction, whether it be games on your phone or mindlessly scrolling through social media. 
we're choosing in every moment what we want to create by focusing on whatever it is that we're focused on. All we have to do is take the time, take the moments in between your busy life to really focus on what it is that we want um, what, and how we want to experience this world. And that's it. That's the kicker. It's just your focus. That's all it is. Focus and belief. You have to believe that everything is possible. Don't get stuck on astral traveling is possible. Just reprogram your mind to understand that it's all possible. It's all real. There's an infinite number of timelines. They're all happening simultaneously and you can tap into all of them. So powerful. Okay. So what's your why? Why are you doing this work? Why do you decide every day to put away the distractions that make you feel numb and focus on being this elevated, high, higher vibration ver- version of yourself? Why? Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. Um, I have been motivated, I think, since birth and many births uh, through many lifetimes to just help the world, whatever I can. I mean, if it was working at a soup kitchen, I would do it. If it was, you know, writing a book, I would do it. If it was mowing someone's lawn for them because they're too old to do it, I would do it. You know, it, it doesn't matter what form it takes. Um, the intention is always to help assist humanity in whatever way I can. And I went to university to become a lawyer. You know, I went to, you know, political science and that was my intention. I wanted to change the system from the inside only to realize that the only way to change the system is from outside of the system. Um, and so that that's really my dedication is just to help people question their, their reality and, and to essentially give the power back to them. It's, it's not about me as a teacher or a guru. It has nothing to do with that. It's about me reflecting to everyone else that they are their own greatest teacher and they have to question everything to get to their own internal truth. Beautiful. Okay. So where can everyone find you Buy your book, see what you're doing online? What are some of your offerings? Like tell everyone where they can find you and uh, connect with you. Yeah, for sure. So elizabethapril.com has everything that I offer. I offer um, courses, programs, programs to switch your mindset, um, especially the 3D to 5D shift masterclass. For those who are really stuck, really having a hard time, that literally reprograms your life. Uh, It's pretty incredible. Um, And then I also do like monthly offerings too. I do a free coaching call to the public every single month where I read people's energy and help them out individually. Um, And then I also have a a membership program. There's a free level and then there's paid levels. And it's really to bring a community of like-minded people, star seeds together from all over the world. I've got content I produce and release every single month. I've got Q&A videos, coaching calls, all of that great stuff, a part of the membership. And what I love most about it is it's totally censorship. Like we built this membership from the ground up. It's not Patreon. It's not YouTube. It's not based off of anything else. So I definitely recommend if you're looking to communicate and connect with a community, check out the uh, Cosmic Society membership on my website, elizabethapril.com. And then, of course, you can check out all of the amazing free content I have everywhere else on Instagram, YouTube, just Elizabeth April on all social media platforms. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a cool episode, quite different to what we normally do, but I just I'm so thrilled to have you on and to, I guess, 
teach the world that there may be other ways of, of seeing the world. And um, I always like learning about new things like this too. So I really appreciate it, April. Yeah, or April. Thank you so April. Much. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> thank you.